Digital Marketing Radio, episode 267. What is automation in Google Ads? And how does automation impact your paid search strategy? Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Hi, I'm David Bain, and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the rendezvous of today's modern marketing masters, keeping you up to date with all the latest tools, tactics, and trends of all the essential matters in digital marketing today. I remember using AdWords back in 2005, paying pennies for all the traffic I desired. All I had to do was select a target keyword phrase, write a simple ad and click publish. But the sad thing is, 16 years later, thousands of marketers are still treating Google Ads in exactly the same way. So what is best practice in Google Ads in 2021? How do you use scripts to automate your Google Ads? And how does this impact ad copy and the way it's created? Joining me to discuss that is a lady who's spoken at SMX, the marketing meetup and hero conf. She's host of the PPC Chat Roundup podcast and freelance PPC specialist at MindSwan. Welcome to DMR. Anu Adigbola. Hello, David Vane. Lovely, lovely to be here. Yeah, great having you on. Oh, you can find Anu over at mindswan.com. So Anu, am I right in thinking that uh, many marketers are using Google Ads just like it's 2005? Probably. Um, you know, I don't want to start, you know, uh, guessing through people, but yeah, probably to be fair, it's some of the, the strategies that you hear that's, you know, when, when agencies move move around and you especially I'm, I'm part of a great community especially on Twitter where we just discuss um you know some of the our client tactics and some of the things we're seeing from an agency that have moved from like a previous agency onto them and some of the things that they've seen they've seen is being done in their accounts it's it can be quite scary about how people have not you know switched on with the times they're just letting Google do whatever with their accounts um and um, yeah, no, you, you really need to be on top of, of the accounts. It's not a set it and forget it um, channel. Um, you really need to be on top of what's happening, how Google is managing your CPCs or ads, your, um, your, what, which, which keywords your ads are showing against and, um, you know, like the frequency and, you know, budget management. There's a whole varied, varied um, amount of things to be looking into. So what are a few areas of best practice that you'd like to highlight um, about Google Ads in 2021? So the best, the, one of the biggest uh, best practices I would say is, is something I've just already mentioned. You know, it's not a set it and forget it channel. You know, when you set something up, especially those first few days are very key to really understand what you have done, what you have put live, you know, if, if you can, but not too much monitor, try to even do live tests of, you know, the ads that you've put up, do a search of the keyword that you're bidding on, um, just to make sure that in a, you know, in the live setting, it's looking the way it's supposed to, um, a, a big thing that, you know, has uh, started happening because Google are doing loads of, um, loads of updates towards automation, especially automating things. And, you know, you need to be really careful as to what keywords, what key terms that people are searching for that your ad is showing again. So, you know, look in those SQRs, it, it, that needs to be done as much as it's painstaking. It's probably needs to be done a lot more often now. Um, than when we started out. Um, so make sure you're on top of those search query analysis. Um, budget management is also very important because that, you know, that's the biggest thing for a client. They say, here's, let's say 
10K for this month, you know, do not, it's really important. You don't spend too much more, but make sure you spend as close to the 10K as possible. The 10K, you know, is the ideal. Um, and then Google can have some of these settings that, you know, that can kind of skew that up. They, they, you know, Google has this new update of where it can spend up to two times your a campaign budget, campaign daily budget that you set it. Cause obviously you want to make sure that that budget that you're giving lasts every single day of the month so that you've got great visibility of your ads. So budget management, budget tracking is a very big, very big important part, um, of, of the, you know, paid search management and also just bet good relationships with the client. Um, and this might sound a bit off, like, you know, you're talking about paid search. What does the client have to do with it? You know, it's, it's all about the ad copy as well, making sure the messaging is up to date because the client will be able to feed into that, knowing what the best messages are, um, making sure that's very related to what's on the landing page. Um, a, a, a metric that is useful, but I, I also say don't focus too much on it, but a, a metric that is useful is quality score, where it's important to match keyword ad copy and the landing page. And, um, with that, you'll get highest quality keywords. You'll get the best, better traffic for lower CPCs. So making sure you're, you, you, you have a keen eye on what's happening on the landing page knowing, you know, having good communication with web developer, the web developer or the client so that they tell you what's going on. I mean, if you're sending traffic to all of a sudden the landing page that is down because the, you know, the web developer has changed something, you're wasting the client's money. And at the end of the day, they might end up blaming you for that. And you want to make sure that doesn't happen. So making sure you have that great client relationship to ensure that what the traffic you're driving to the site is generating the right conversions, the right leads is very important. Um, I'll say those are like my big top three at the moment. That's great. A great summary there. Um, so talking about Google, uh, I did a quick Google search for the acronym that you used, SQR, and that's Search Query yeah. Report, isn't it? Yes, um, SQR is um, Search Query Report. Um, and um, to expand on um, you know what it is, so whenever you set your keywords as to what you want, which, which keywords your ads you want to, uh, what your ads want to, you want to show against, um, like what keywords you want to bid on, you want keywords you want to be in the auction for, um, in the Google auction, um, battlefield, I, I'll call it. Um, you can set it on different match types so that you don't, you don't necessarily need to set every variation of the keyword. Let's say it's plural or, you know, a, a keyword that's you know, somewhat a, a common misspelling that my people, my people have, people might have for it kind of thing. So you set maybe let's what I call different match types and, um, it's called that broad phrase and exact match types. And, um, Exact match type is supposed to be pretty much where like the keyword you actually say you know, you're bidding on, it will show for your ad will show only for those keywords. And uh, over time, Google has actually changed, in my opinion, what exact really means and because it's supposed to be the exact keyword, but it's now more like plurals and, you know, and, and you know, very similar, different order. So... Uh, a really good one that I think of is milk, chocolate and chocolate milk. But Google says, according to intent, it will not show for that one because I'm like, if exact match, actually what is what you're saying, if the order is different, you're still going to show for it. But anyway, 
Phrase is supposed to be a bit longer. So as long as the, your keyword is in there, if someone ser searches for something that has your keyword in the middle of there and adds something to the end of it or before it, let's say your keyword again is milk chocolate. But if you say milk chocolate Chicago or milk chocolate London or milk chocolate with nuts or milk chocolate with something, your ad will still show against it because that's a phrase match. Now, when it comes to broad, um, it can be anything as long as it can be milk, nuts, chocolate in a cake kind of thing. That's as broad as it could come in. And search query reports will then show you all those different variations um, of what people have searched that matched your keyword because of the match type that you set it to be. Um, and then you can then see all the different variations that your ad is showing against. Now, you might then see all those variations and be go, go, actually, some of these variations because of the match type I've said, you know, the variations of the keyword, I don't want my ad to be showing against it. So you'll set it as a negative. You'll be like, okay, that, that, that variation of my keyword I don't want my ad to show against it. And you can have that setting. And the, so the search query report is really good for doing that to also get a bit more control. So actually, because with the search query report, you don't know what the CPC or cost per click, what you're actually paying per keyword is. Um, you can then use it to get more control and actually be like, oh, actually, there are some keywords in here that, or variations that I didn't think of that I want to have more control on what the cost is. I will add it as a keyword that I want to bid on and definitely show against. Um, and then that kind of informs what keyword you, you, you continue to bid on and or what keyword that you definitely don't want your ad to show against. We've used the word automation quite a bit. Um, people have mm -hmm. also heard of machine learning and AI. Um, so a couple of parts to this next question. Um, first of all, would you consider automation, machine learning, AI to be the same thing in terms of what you're referring to in relation to Google Ads? And um, secondly, I always thought that Google Ads were moving towards the keywordless future, just trusting the machines, not using keywords at all. Are we anywhere near there? Are we ever going to go there? Um, so first question is like automation, machine learning, all of that, pretty much the same. No, I mean, you know, when you talk about like machine learning, that is how much data can the machine learn to make sure that it is making its right decision and to to do automation well. Um, and then there is the kind of things of us automating certain tasks and actually using like a script or a language, a set of programming languages to be like, okay, there's this task, even do it to do search query analysis, you know, there's a script that allows you to automate and looks at the search query reports on a regular basis. You can set it to be daily, weekly, that kind of thing. And then it will auto automatically go, these are the keywords that are relevant to your keywords. These are the keywords that are irrelevant, you know, and then you can be like, I, I, I'm going to decide to exclude them or add them in. So that's like a, I'd say an adaptable, a, you know, human, you know, knowledge kind of like automating ca that can be done that we do quite a bit with scripts um, and it, it goes beyond search query reports but or search query analysis, but also into helping to do ad copy testing, helping to do competitive analysis, budget management and the like. Um, 
Now, going into the question, are we going into the keywordless, um, uh, you know, kind of future? It was very interesting because um, I'm part of this amazing like Twitter chat that happens every Tuesday where we come together. It's it's under the PPC chat handle. Anyone that wants to learn about PPC, I highly recommend it. Cheeky plug there. Um, but yeah, I really, I, it's it's really great. We were chatting last yesterday about you know unpopular PPC um, takes or you know conspiracy theory kind of takes and that one this one about google moving towards a keywordless future definitely came up because we do think so i'm definitely one of these people within what time period time period i can't say it's literally finger in the air um i'd say within the next five years i'd say maybe even less than that other people will argue um because yeah they took away from and you know it's that whole search that search query report search query analysis they they took a they keep messing with the visibility of which what what we can see in terms of what our ads are showing against, um, which is quite annoying because you'll then see the stats of let's say the keywords that they'll show you what their performance is, um, and then you'll see the stats of like there'll be this field of other other search terms, and you'll see the stats are are either good or bad, but because it's just under the category of other we can't do anything about it and some of those keywords will have conversions against them and it's a bit annoying that we can't know that because then we can't you know be like hey actually what are those key terms maybe we need to be bidding more on those key terms so that lack of visibility um has been quite annoying i think google did a bit of listening and hearing us in terms of that respect and gave us a bit more visibility um, all the visibility is what we want, but I don't think, I don't know we're ever going to get there, but I actually think there is a move towards automating everything. And even with writing ad copy, being able to choose what variation of messages that we can actually put, that is getting very much automated. And uh, from next year, we'll only be crea- able to create responsive search ads where we just give Google let's say about nine to 15 variations of headlines, four variations of description lines, and they will use their machine learning or their automation to choose what order they're going to show, let's say two or three headlines and two description lines. Um, We're not going to be able to create like text ads the way we've known um, before. That's going to go away like next year within 12 months that one that that timeline has been has been definitely discussed has been announced so um in terms of ad copy automation that's it that's 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 that that's been done um a lot of people are not happy about that because obviously you know you do get some companies that have compliance issues there's some messaging that has to be said in a certain way um there is options of pinning some messages so that the headline is the first line is always the same headline that's seen no matter or any of the different variations um but then google actually then uses that to affect like ad copy strength and ad copy strength then affects quality score, which affects your cost. So there's just loads of things that seem like solutions, but they're actually, it just looks like it's just Google pushing us to, you know, do things their way. That means more money for them and less control for us. Well, that doesn't sound particularly appealing. One phrase that you also (laughs) mentioned was 
page search scripts. So are, are you referring to page search, search scripts within Google Ads itself? Or are these scripts um, from maybe third-party software providers that will uh, improve the old, uh, overall management of Google Ads? So both. Um, so there are, they are some scripts that um, Google Ads has provided that allows you to do things like, you know, making sure that you get an alert if any of the URLs are going to a 404 error page so that those those set of ad copies or your campaigns get paused because obviously you don't want to be sending traffic to um, an error page. But um, we've got the likes of and a, a, a very good uh, friend and um, um, that I've worked with and done stuff with, Frederick Valleys of um, um, he's got his Silicon Valleys on Twitter. But he's he runs he started up Optimizer um, and he's ex Google even and um, he's and they it's they set up scripts to automate loads of tasks um, and it's in it's a, a big software that's pretty much just a collection of scripts that allows you to manage ad, um, your AdWords accounts and do things like repetitive tasks a lot quicker. A couple of other phrases that I'd like to dig into as well is um, the difference between expanded text ads and responsive search ads. So mm-hmm. what are they about and what's the difference? Sure. So um, I think I, I, I did uh, go a bit into what a responsive search ads is. It's literally that you, you're creating one ad copy that is almost like I'd say maybe like five, six, seven ad copies in one. Or well, if you're creating up to 15 headlines, because you can do three, yeah, whatever the variation is, because you're mixing up, you're literally just giving Google um, like a bank, like a database. And you're like, you create the ad copy for me. You you put the different headlines. So you, you tell them, okay, here are 15 options of headlines I want us to use and four options of description lines I want you to use, you create the actual ad copy, which will then be three headlines, two description lines out of those 15 headlines, four descriptions you've given. With expanded text ads, you're not giving control to Google. You're actually creating the ad copy. You're creating three headlines, two description lines. You write that and then you create, and with that one, you create multiple of them. You'll create, so in, in our, with a client that I'm working with right now, in um, we've got three ETAs, expanded text ads in each of the ad group. For, but in terms of responsive search ads, there'll just be one because it's many variations of ad copies can come out of that. So expanded text ad gives you more control to actually say, okay, this is the headline. This, these are going to be the first line, second line, third line. This is exactly what's going to be the first description line and second description line. You have all the control of creating what that ad is going to look like. Whereas with responsive search ads, you're just giving variations and Google creates the ad copy itself. And where does automation fit in when it comes to reporting? Is it sufficient to manage everything, review everything inside Google Ads itself? Are there great reports available inside that? Or to get the upper hand on other marketers and other advertisers, is it better off to do some kind of automation of the exporting of your data and analysis of it elsewhere? I would definitely say it's it's better to find um, third-party tools to do reporting better. Even Google I'm sure are aware of that because they have SA360, which is their, you know, like pretty much their analytics. Well, not analytics, they have Google analytics, but they're more like they're reporting um, 
to a way that you can even pull in, you know, Microsoft um, data in there to then, you know, do a comparison on how performance is doing well and bid, do bidding strategy and do loads of ad testing and do loads of um, different kind of things um, to actually see what's going on well. So Google ads is good for the whole adding your keywords, creating your ad copy. But if you really want to get sophisticated data analysis, you do need to go beyond Google Ads. Okay, let's segue to part two of our discussion. So it's now time for Anu's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So starting off with... Secret software. So Anu, share a lesser known MarTech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important for you. Sure. They, uh, you know, when I when I saw that question, the first, you know, uh, I'll give you a little bit of the audience, a little bit of back end into our conversation and I was like, what area do you want me to talk about? I, I'm not actually going to give you a Google Ads tool because I feel we know them. Google Ads. Because Google Ads are rubbish. Things, They're not the future. That kind of stuff. No, no, we know joking. it. We know what it's going to be. But, so, but as you know, as I mentioned, I'm a podcaster as well. I've actually got my little little plug, my mugs. <laughs> Have you got a mug as well? <laughs> it works well in video form. It was a nice um, mug, audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, you know, so I've got, I, I, I do podcasts. I record my podcast every week. And recently someone told me about this software called Descript, which allows you to download whatever you've record recorded and do the sound editing so well. Um, and allows you to, it actually transcripts, transcribes what you've actually um, said and you yeah, and you'd write it all out. I'm very, mm. I, I find it very funny to actually see what it actually says, <laughs> what it actually writes out what it thinks I've said. And I'm like, oh, that's very wrong. So I need to enunciate a lot better, I think to myself. Um, but what's really cool about it is that from what it's written out, you can then use that, do it use that to edit the sound. So if there's a word that you said, like, let's say filler words, like, um, you know, or even like that I say a lot, you can just actually, you know, select all of them, delete it in the text and it automatically deletes it from the sound file as well, which I find it to be so cool. And like, I'm all about tools and texts and, 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 and software stuff. So it makes editing so much quicker and makes, putting it onto anchor.fm, my podcasting host, so much easier. It's a lot faster. Um, and so, yeah, that's the software I like to use. I hope that's not breaking the rules of the question. No, that's not breaking the rules. <laughs> that's That's been recommended before. And I've, I've tried it um, quite a bit as well. I love the concept. I, I think it's a, a lovely looking piece of software and really fun to use. Mm -hmm. I'm not personally convinced that it's there now in terms of a professional kind of podcast um, editing suite. I've, I've found okay. that by, by separating the tracks and really focusing on, on the voice and, and, and yeah. getting the EQ right for each voice and yeah. noise reduction and the correct levelling, I'm using a tool called Adobe Edition. So I, I use that for yeah. my clients to actually produce different podcasts. And, and for transcript production, um, if I'm going to do that to begin with on an automated basis, I actually find Otter to be more accurate. I don't know okay. if you've tried otter.ai, um, but that's oh, an incredible yeah. tool for um, getting a, a relatively accurate transcript on a completely okay. automated basis. So that's the one I use, but it's, it's, it's a great segment just to compare tools and, and yeah, <laughs> see what you I come up that. with. I'm literally like, I need to make sure I remember all of those tools you mentioned and I will be going 
uh, after this to to check them out. Right. No, but thanks for your recommendation. Let's let's move on to next on the list. So, what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon? Yeah, um, a tool then, or like an activity that I'd love to try out. Like, well, it's a platform, Quora. Quora do like it's a lovely like oh, lovely is a great I think um, questions and answers um, kind of platform. And there are loads of people on there, loads of people. And there's, there's, there's a, a, actually a great marketing um, community on there and, or even just people asking about how to do marketing. And I think at the end of the day, especially as marketing professionals, it's those kind of knowing what people are asking because we will have all these skills and it's great to have all these skills that we've you know trained up in. But if we actually don't know what they want to use those tools for, whether it's, you know, what industry they want to get into or kind of keywords. These are keywords people are having issues with ad copy or automation or structure, like, you know, and Quora allows you to actually, it's the asking of questions and giving answers. And they actually have like a paid search services service now to allow you to, you know, do that, you know, really well and optimally. And yeah, that's one thing I've not tested yet. That I'd like to test. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lovely platform. I um I th- I, th- I think um you suggested they're actually looking at questions, and I think that could be a wonderful resource for potentially even creating blog posts or answers Ooh. to questions on your own website exactly. there as well, or attempting exactly. to, to to rank for those queries. But when you're thinking about when you're talking about marketers using Quora, I was just thinking, I hope marketers don't spoil it and start um, yes. just promo- overly promoting themselves yes. because. Well, yes. When you're answering questions, it's so key to be impartial in your answer and recommend other yes. people. And if you start recommending yourself, then it's just... All the time, yeah. Useless. Precisely. Yeah. yeah, we can be our own worst enemies. So yeah, just need to make sure we do it right. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Just 10 quick questions. Two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed okay. to say the word both on one occasion. So use it wisely. Here we go. TikTok or Twitter? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. YouTube or podcast? Podcast. Traffic or leads? Leads. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Ads or influencers? Ads. Google ads or Facebook ads? Google ads. Email marketing or chat marketing? Email marketing. Martech stack or all-in-one platform? Both. One-to-one or scale? One-to-one. Oh, we got through it with one both there as well. I I knew you were going to say Google ads there as well, but have you tried out Facebook ads? Have Facebook ads got any um, benefits to to, to certain types of ad campaigns over Google ads? I have tried Facebook ads um, and as much as um, I've got friends who have done social media ads and Facebook ads and they go, oh, I know paid search ads is a harder one. If you know how to do paid search ads, I'm sure you can do Facebook ads. And as much as like, maybe I could get that, but I've also found Facebook just complicated and just un- unnecessarily complicated to kind of navigate. And I do try to follow their chat. Like, so even like on Twitter, I will follow like the FB ads chat and it's just loads of complaints from people. And me, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. We got Google. We have yeah loads of complaints about how Google do things, but I feel like it's just, 
even been on the platform, I'd I'd find I'd say that Google's ad platforms is very easy to use, very um, intuitive. I don't find that to be the case with Facebook Business Manager, and um, I just think they make it hard to actually get what's actually happening. Yeah, I don't know why Facebook felt that they had to reinvent the wheel when it came to the design, the workings of their ad platform, because you know the ad platforms already existed for digital advertising, and uh, these were. Yeah, what, what advertisers were used to. Used to the, the the thing that drives me bananas about Facebook is that one minute you're editing an ad somewhere, and then you you, you actually have to do something like um, hyper targeting an audience, and then you're taken yeah. to an entirely different look of look and feel platform, and you're thinking, okay, where's everything gone now? And so there seems to be about you know two or three different versions of how you manage an ad, which is yeah. crazy. It is. <laughs> it is. So. Not, I'm not in a rush to try and get to that side. <laughs> understood, understood. I mean, there's, there's opportunity in there, but understood. Okay, yeah. let's move on to... The $10,000 question. If I were to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Oh, can I, can I say people? Like, that's the kind of... I know you said thing, but... It's kind of definitely wait, wait, not so, but, but, okay, By people, do you mean outsourced um, workers yes. or, or what, what, yes. what kind of, yeah. That's okay, what for, I for, mean. Like, for, for any particular project? And if, if, if so, how, how would you measure the success of that? Um, so definitely for my podcasting project, I've got, I mean, yeah, especially with all the amazing support that I'm getting and realizing that, you know, this is actually something that people enjoy listening to really knowing how to scale that well, but also in a way that's not just about rapid growth and the numbers. Um, I want to see value in actually what I am growing and with each with each person and making sure I'm listening. So I'd want I want people that can help with with building a community of, you know, these paid search with my, my for my PPC chat roundup um, podcast listeners. Um, to actually hear, you know, what they're thinking about, what they're thinking about the podcast, what they'd like to see more of, what they'd like to see less of, you know, maybe there's some things I'm adding in there that don't that aren't necessary. Um, because yeah, you hear a lot about rapid growth. And um, as much as yeah, that that makes sense to make the most money. But are you burning bridges along the way? Are you ignoring your loyal customers along the way for that rapid growth? So you know, someone that can help me to really clinch that community management and how will I know it's working? Well, how will I measure success? It will be about, you know, monitoring that, you know, engagement and actually like a happy scale and on a regular basis doing service to actually know what people are thinking and to actually seeing whether that people are actually happy with how the podcast is going to undoubtedly evolve and whether it's evolving in the right way. So are you hoping that some of your listeners will become customers or is developing your podcast, having your podcast a completely different part of your business? It's a completely different part of my business, to be honest. Um, It is very much an educational platform for me. Um, It's about getting people to learn if it comes as a, uh, if if it then then, uh, flows into um, something where I get some customers out of it, bonus, but that's not my success met- metric. Um, 
more success metrics would be more towards I learned how to do paid search and I got an amazing job and the person who I, you know, learned how to do paid search or was the PPC chat podcast. That's would be my favorite testimony. Um, you know, testimonial if somebody is like Mike, as I was going on in my career listening to the the, the paid search podcast, the PPC chat roundup podcast was very key in making sure that I was keeping up to date with what was going on and I was able to do my job well and now I'm the head of a department and the podcast helped me get there. So do you have any longer term plans to do things like develop a course um, as a result of the, all the podcast episodes you've produced and, and perhaps monetize it a little bit from, from doing that? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure whether I have patience for doing something like that for like a whole, whole course together. I feel like it can be a different skill set in terms of putting a course together, but it's not, never say never. Is also, you know, a motto of mine. And I think to myself, maybe one day, but it's not, it's not on the plans at the moment. Well, let's finish off by shifting the focus to someone else who deserves it. So that is a magical marketer. So who's an up and coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout out to? What can we learn from them and where can we find them? Of course, um, there's this lady that I found, um, I found, like if I was the one that discovered her, I didn't discover her. She'd been doing amazing, great work and we met at Bryce, Brighton SEO. And I've even done a shout out to her uh, through Julie Buccini's Raise a Person profile. She's called Tiffany Shares. Um, and that's S-H-E-A-R-S. I hope I got that right, Tiffany. Um, she's this lovely, amazing lady who's also a great supporter, and but also doing amazing things in terms of with Absolute Media. Um, it's the agency that she's working for. And um, she's on LinkedIn with her name, on her name, Tiffany Shears. She's also um, on Twitter, um, so you can catch her out on there as well. Wonderful stuff. Um, so this was episode 267 of Digital Marketing Radio, where Anu Adigbola from MindSwan shared loads of tips on Google automation. Start automating your Google ads if you aren't already. Um, you also shared um, Descript as your secret software, Quora as your next on the list, and Tiffany Shears as your magical marketer. So I will make sure there are links to all of those resources and more over the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. And what's the best social platform for someone to follow you and to say hi? Um, I, I, I tell people that I did on, I'm on LinkedIn on at least once a day, but I do regular posts on there, but I live on Twitter. So that's why when you asked the Twitter question, okay. <laughs> I'm on there. There's a okay. brilliant page search community on there. So find me on the marketing Anu. Um, that's my handle and you can find me on my name, Anu Adikbola on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. I'm yeah. And I'm, I, I want to grow my marketing network. So add me if you want to um, hear anything about marketing or my life. Follow Anu and, and say hi and say thanks for all the wonderful tips on digital marketing radio. That would be a good thing to say. Superb stuff. Well, thanks again for coming on. I've been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts and YouTube shows for BTB brands over at castingcred.com. Until we meet again, stay, stay hungry, stay foolish and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com